Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. So we're learning the mic, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but welcome, everyone. Welcome to a live Fight Club panel. Super excited to have you all with us here today. Um, I think everyone's been asking us if Brandon's interviewing us about all the fun <laughs> topics we're gonna speak on today, but we're actually throwing him in the hot seat and we would love to have questions and anything that you guys might have on your mind in the different areas of topics we're gonna cover today. So we have marketing, finances, systems, and people and culture. So we're gonna talk on all four areas of business, kind of similar in alignment to what Brandon spoke on this morning and dive in a little bit deeper into the stuff that might not have been discussed yet this week. So, uh, what Fight Club is, is we're a group of self-employed industry experts. We all have owned our own service businesses or currently own a service business at this time. And we join together every Tuesday morning at 10 Eastern to jump on Facebook Live and give you guys free information to help you fight for your business each week. So we do assign homework. We are pretty picky about accountability and making sure you guys get things done that we do discuss. Um, so we'll kind of go through that whole spiel today, the whole breakdown. You're gonna get some homework. You'll see some sheets on your seats. We'll kind of cover those later and how you can use those to hold yourself accountable to the homework. But to get started, we'll do some introductions individually and then we'll, we'll go brand in hot seat. Yay! <laughs> I thought this was the opposite, so I'm just as shocked as you are right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, my name is Taylor Maroney. I actually co-own a power washing company in West Palm Beach, Florida with my husband. I've worked in marketing for about six years. Um, love the graphic design side of it, the analytical numbers, helping you guys understand what your numbers are, what they mean, and how you can use them to make better decisions in marketing. And super excited to say welcome to Fight Club Live, and welcome Brandon. Thank you. Mm -hmm. My name is Megan Likes, and I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I love educating and empowering small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially worthy lives. I also own a full-service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company based in Northern California. So for those nasty bookkeeping tasks or other CFO-related tasks that you don't like, those can be outsourced to me and my team. And I co-own a window cleaning and debit cleaning business with my husband, Jeff. Jeff likes clean windows and gutters uh, in Northern California. And I'm super happy to be here at the huge live. We wanted to do this last year and it ended up being virtual, so it's really fun to be like, on a stage together. And I'm really welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. I introduce myself then? Okay. My name is Brandon Vaughn, and um, I was CEO of All Clean Soft Wash and All Clean Window Service. Scaled that business from zero to um, about 70 employees um, back in 2012, about 2018, and sold that company and founded Conquer, which is a coaching company that helps with accountability and actually making people progress, get more time in their business. That's that big fat binder you saw up on stage. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I do a lot more. Um, one of the more recent things was, is I really miss the service industry. So I'm like, hey, I just started another service business from zero and like documented on YouTube. So 
did that crazy journey, and it was called Map to a Million. You can uh, check out the YouTube channel, but I uh, started a brand new company from scratch and um, currently scaling that up. And uh, check the journey out on, uh, on YouTube for free and get some extra content there. We're going to talk all about that business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ready, but we're going to talk okay. all about that. My name is Michelle Myers. I am the co-owner of Pink Collars with my fabulous husband here in the front row. And we put remote CSRs, or customer service rock stars, in your business, or office managers. Whether you need it or not, we are here to help. So, uh, Pink Colors is my company, and I am absolutely thrilled to be on the stage with these lovely ladies and friends. And my name is Martha Woodward, and I own a maid service in a neighboring state. So I had to learn early on how to manage people effectively from 100 miles away. Um, I am, I'm also the co-founder of Quality Driven Software, and that has evolved into some courses, etc., on helping people build happier workplaces. So that's my passion. Okay, so hot seat, branding, marketing. Yes. I, I was able to talk with you a little bit, and when you had talked about Wise Coatings, it was for you, all the other systems were really easy to start and get in place because you've done them before the admin, the sales, and as far as the production. So for you, your real focus was in the beginning on marketing. So what did that look like? What was that first step of we need marketing, I need to get these leads coming in? Where did you go first? Um, so the number one thing that I look at when I start putting together a marketing plan is be a scientist. You have no idea what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. There's good marketing principles like you know, have a strong offer, have a good headline, have good design on your, your things, your postcards, right? Use like X amount of dollars off rather than percent off. Like all these like little small marketing, good marketing principles. But the hard part is, is what channels should you advertise in? There's Facebook, there's Google, there's Yelp, there's HomeAdvisor, there's Thumbtack, there's Nextdoor, there's Ports, there's Craftjack. Um, the list goes on and on and on. EDDM, direct mail. Like some of you guys are like, wait, what was that? What was that? There's so many different things that you can do. But at the end of the day, marketing is a customer acquisition game. And math is the path. So one of the things that I did was, um, because I know that I have to spend money to find out information, man, don't you wish you could just push that darn easy button and just like get all the customers you wanted on autopilot? And exactly um, who you want to, right? Exactly not like the, not the kick rocks and cheap ones, like exactly yeah. who you're looking for. Yeah, so you know, for, for me, I had to devote a sizable spend, and one of the things that we did is we took this wise coding from zero to $100,000 a month in four months. But it's because I started spending $150 a day from day one in, in marketing. Because I needed to find out really quickly. I started out hiring three full-time people from day one. And that's kind of scary because I don't want to be involved in the business and it's an investment and it's a risk. But I'm more comfortable with the risk because I have a lot of experience in taking those risks and seeing how they work out. And that's kind of the big secret is borrowing confidence that something's going to work and working with other people. And so marketing companies um, that do this day in, day out, there's a lot of really, really good ones that can literally just come in and they have data of you know, what's working and what's not working and they can buy you leads for relatively cheap. 
And the math part that I was talking about was if you spend $25 for a lead and your closing ratio is 50%, right? 25 divided by 50%, right? 50 bucks, 50 bucks a, a customer, right? Right? Yeah. You with me? 50 bucks for a customer. Your average job is 500 bucks. Would you spend 50 bucks to get a $500 job? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how many, how many customers do you want? Spend 5,000 bucks. Get 100 customers. Literally. It's just, it's all about math. And so the hard part is tweaking that, optimizing that, getting the numbers down to where economically it makes sense. Then there's all kinds of things you can do on the back end. So that was the big push on the marketing side. So what, um, in all multiple service businesses, what's your all-time favorite marketing lane that you'd like to jump into? <laughs> mm, all-time favorite. Right now, my all-time favorite is Facebook. Really? Yes, my all-time favorite is Facebook. Um, Facebook is not an easy thing to nail. Uh, the challenging part with Facebook marketing, and I actually, here's one thing I figured out really quickly. I don't want to know how to do everything and be the best at everything. That's a little unreasonable, right? I'd like to know enough to be dangerous so I know I'm not getting ripped off. You know, when the marketing company's telling you what they're doing for you and you're like, wait, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Like, I want to know at least that much about marketing. But in Facebook, and really anything I do in business, I want to go find the person that's the smartest at it, pay them a bunch of money to teach me how to do it or to do it. So one of those things that I did is I hired a Facebook ex-employee that ran campaigns for Netflix. So his ad spend was a million dollars a day. Wow. And I was like, hey, here's what I'm doing with my Facebook ads. What do you think? He's like, it's all wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. What should I do? He's like, every single ad that you do, you need to have like 16 different ad creatives and different this and that so that Facebook can like optimize it. And it like totally blew my mind. And then it just becomes a matter of like creating those systems to be able to optimize that, rather than like make one ad and be like, I hope it works. Like you gotta test and tweak and Facebook's super smart because there's lots of AI and algorithms and things where they can optimize it. There's so much, you know, you know that the curve that I was talking about? I was like on Child's Hill when I first started getting some of my first leads coming in. And then when I realized like how bad I really was actually at it, I was like, oh my gosh, now I realize there's so much more to learn and things are always changing. So. Stay current on the marketing stuff, for sure. Awesome, and you use the Facebook for branding as well, I'm assuming. For branding? Branding the company, making sure you have that social presence, having yeah, so you have out Facebook there. Page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Facebook page and all our integrations to post reviews and a social media manager that's like posting for us because I don't like to spend the time to be under on Facebook and <laughs> post all the time, so I have someone doing that from the Philippines, yeah. Well, um, I'll kind of open it up to anyone that may have a marketing question. Facebook is a hot topic right now. Um, a lot of business owners are looking to get into it, looking to navigate how to approach that platform. So does anyone have um, a brewing marketing question that you've been wanting to ask? Yes, Damien? How did you go about finding the, uh, the ex-Facebook employee to, uh, to help you out with that? So this is a crazy thing. I actually hired, I posted an ad on a job board for a Facebook ad buyer um, in the Philippines, actually, and I found one. And he actually referred me to, hey, you know who's really, really great? Whose courses I've been wanting to buy for a long time? Like, this guy. And then so, like, literally, we went and bought his course, and then he watched it, and then we got on a consulting call with him. So 
It's just running towards and finding the smartest people you can. There's a lot of people that are super, super, super smart on Facebook, for sure. Nice. I saw another hand towards back. Yes. Is this directed just a Facebook or marketing? Marketing, anything you have. So obviously TikTok is coming up the stream right now. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see the next social media presence? Uh, are we stepping away from Facebook, going to TikTok? Um, Twitter's kind of falling back, I feel, but I'm not sure. So where do you see, uh, should we be focusing on now, be ahead of the curve? Like I said, I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I know everything. Um, what I do know is I want to find someone that crushes in TikTok marketing and pay them a lot of money to build out my channel. So I do think that there's a, a big thing that's coming with TikTok. We got all of Gen Z and millennials and those that are like, you know, super, super into it. And then now it's this, right? And all the college kids are super into Facebook and now they're getting decision, you know, buying power and having kids and like all this stuff. So I definitely think that's coming. And I think that you should absolutely be looking at it. And the people are like, I only advertise in Yellow Book. Like, you know, where are they at now? So you have to always be, you know, with the trends and kind of staying sharp on that and have a good team of people that are keeping a close eye on that. It'd probably be great for employee ads. Great for employee ads, yeah. yeah. Well, think, think about what Facebook is. I want to really clearly, the difference between Google and Facebook, people are searching for your services on Google, right? Keywords, you know, such and such, Atlanta, pressure washing. Like, they're looking for you. Google's not serving them ads, just interrupting them. Facebook is. So Facebook is like, zoom, zoom, just going through, looking, you're not even thinking about window cleaning. Your ads can't feel like ads. You're interrupting someone's stream. They're not, so you have to have something so compelling in your ad copy, your creatives, and your images, to where people literally stop in their tracks and say, oh, I should call them right now. I need to think about that. So you have to advertise very differently when you advertise, because you're literally interrupting people. Like, hey, hey, look at me, look at me. And every swipe, they see a different ad. You know? So it's, it's a totally different type of, of interruption marketing. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the marketing side of things. We're going to hand it off to Megan. We're going to chat finances. And if you're asking a question, you just want a free bucket. Hey. We had to hold back just a few. We gave up several hundred buckets in less than an hour yesterday. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> if you already have one, you can auction yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Cleaners love their buckets. I get it. Well, and it's a Jeff approved. Several times through that marketing spiel. I also heard math come up a lot during your marketing spiel and how related the numbers are, right? Putting money in to get money out, knowing what that math is, being a scientist. I love that. Um, I thought we were going to go another direction, so I'm going to give you a menu of options. I've got three choices for us to talk about for money today, and you get to pick the one that you find most Ooh, interesting. Okay, cool. okay? All right, so choice one was going to be so at ResponsaCon last year, the year before. You gave this amazing talk about building a multi-million dollar business. Mm -hmm. And you simplified it. Mm -hmm. And you really just threw it up on the screen and he was like, here you go, this is how you build a multi-million dollar business. It's yeah. pretty simple. Yeah. You figure it out for one and then you open a couple more locations, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can talk about that. Okay. We only have 10 minutes total, so we're gonna have to condense <laughs> a 60 minute talk. So what you gotta do is you gotta do No, it's gonna get better. All right, option two, uh, map to a million. I've watched every episode many times. I also really love the way you teach people. Like you were just, you you opened it all up. And like, this is what I did. And this is how I did it. 
And if you want to start a million dollar business, you can launch an opt in million and you can go execute and implement. I don't think you left out anything. Like, I don't think you held back on any of the secrets, which I love. As much as I could in eight to 12 minute episodes. Yeah. Right. That's the epic <laughs> thing, right? So I noticed that the budget actually fell into the first half of your series. Yes. So we could talk about why. Yeah. Why the budget should talk fell in the first half, right? I love that idea. Okay. And then option three is uh, you like to pay people a lot of money. So how do you get the money to pay? Like, how do you have the confidence to be sure you've got enough to actually pay? Yeah, maybe so, I'll tackle those two. Okay. So right. um, on, on the budget side of things, budgets aren't sexy. I mean, I've never. I get it. Not sexy. I get it. I show. I, I mean, I, I look at the viewership of like when people are like fast forwarding on some of my Map to a Million episodes, and I see like when people are like. Excel, let's fast forward. Let's get back to the stuff where we talked about marketing. I get it. Marketing is like the fun, super sexy thing brands, logos, marketing, sales. But the budget is going to make or break your business. So gross revenue is for vanity, net profit is for sanity. Okay? Everyone likes to talk about the million dollar business. Who cares? Like, sanity. We want to be sane. And here's the reason why not only you, but all of your employees should be wildly obsessed with profitability in your company. It means more opportunity for growth for everybody because you can't reinvest back into a business that's just barely scraping by and breaking even. You can't. You can't reinvest back into growth. I see way too many owners pull way too much money out of their business. They're driving these like brand new spanking like $70,000, $80,000 cars and trucks and they got the big fancy houses and stuff. They're living like paycheck to paycheck and they're taking like every dollar out of their business. They're like, why isn't my business growing? Chris Lambertini's ate top ramen while he grew his business to $5 million. Like he was living in an apartment. Tommy Mello just bought his first house now after $40 million garage door company. He was in an apartment and he drove a little, you know, 2006 Nissan, Nissan Sentra. I still drive my 2004 Dodge Dakota pickup truck. Things don't do it for me. And if I want to think like an investor, I want to look at investments and returns. Those are two things that I look at. And, you know, look, when you get so insanely wealthy that, like, buying a Bentley or a fancy car or a fancy truck or something is like a rounding error on your budget, then okay. You, you, get, you got that. You got that Bentley. But why posture? It makes no sense whatsoever. So live very, very simply and recognize that what you're building in your business is legitimately an asset, just like a commercial investment property, just like a multifamily unit. This has real value. Did you know you can actually measure your cap rate on your business? Your, your equity capitalized return to you, you can measure that in an actual percentage of how much money you're getting. Now you give it to the bank, you put your money in the bank, you can get like 0.10% or something. It's terrible. Like you can actually get like 12 to 40% return on your cash investment into your own business. Like it's a great investment. I sold my company for seven figures. Like it's a fantastic investment. So who cares if you take a little less? So budget is really powerful for this because plan out. They say that you're 40 to 60% more likely to actually achieve your goals just by the act of writing them down. Okay, so write down your monthly goals. You're 70 to 95% more likely to achieve your goals if you actually have somebody else hold you accountable. Okay, so go get someone accountable. Get a bookkeeping firm, work with someone like Megan, like get your finances in order because it, it literally makes or breaks your business. Or a coach, get a coach. 
check out Conquer. Like, yeah. I feel like accountability coaches are really helpful, right? We have one, and yes. it's really like amazing. We're gonna talk about goals and daily goal setting, I think, at the end. So that was perfect timing there. Um, do you want to talk about how you're able to pay people a lot of money? I mean, I'm sure the budget helps. And this morning you kind of alluded to it. You said you were transparent about the PL and you showed them how if they don't, I loved it. If they don't lose equipment, guess what? Net profit's a little bit higher. Guess what happens to net profit? It goes into labor, right? Yes. I mean, not really directly, but. I know what you mean. I actually was gonna. Okay, so we're gonna stop talking now. And, um, <laughs> we're gonna move on to systems after I see if anybody has any questions about any finance questions, money questions, budget questions, branding questions. Yes. Marketing Chris, question. right? Yeah. Okay. Marketing question for. Brandon, what's your thoughts on... Um, Wait, finance. Finance, sorry. No. And marketing's sexy, but we're talking about budgets right now. <laughs> I know. We have time at the end. Yeah. Any budget questions? There's okay, let's hear the marketing question. Okay, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Chris. Oh, okay, um, yeah, just generally door-to-door uh, -door sales. Uh -huh. Your thoughts on it and... Um, how can you scale that up as far as like hiring people to go door to door for you? I know just enough would to be dangerous. On, like, would you pay them on commission or would you like an hourly rate? So with, with door to door salesmen, I, that's not how I do my business. So I can't speak on it like an expert. Um, did I knock on doors? Yeah, I mostly knocked on business owners' doors and commercial properties' doors, not door to door. So like I would go and I would actually network with other business owners. Like I call up every single one of you right now should go get a list of every single painter in your area and call them up. Be like, hey, we're looking for a really great painter that we're trying to refer work to. And they're like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Tell me more about your business. And you're like, yeah, this is my business. And you like go meet each other and exchange business cards. We got like a hundred grand from one single painter referred work because he wanted us to wash before he painted. He just needed to spray. So we could go in and prep it and clean it first. So if you're gonna knock, I prefer to knock and get those, you know, higher level people. If you want help knocking on doors, Jared Skinner is here at the huge, and he has an awesome course on door yeah, knocking. Yeah, call. Yeah, or go make friends with the pest control guy. They're like the number one door knockers. <laughs> like, no, they're so good at it, right? Yeah, it's okay. true. Um, and we're gonna give you a free bucket, and we're gonna move on to systems. <laughs> in the maps class yesterday with you. Tell folks where they should start in their business with building a system. Where should they begin? Yeah, that's great. So I'd say that um, one of the things that my good friend Josh Latimer talks about is that minimum viable system, like MVS, right? Like right now with Wise Codings, I'm creating like full-blown training videos with like a professional videographer and editor. And it's like, people look at that and they're like, I don't even know where to begin. I didn't begin there, let me just tell you. I began just with my phone. I just started recording documented things. I began with just having Loom, you know, a free screen recording software that as I was, uh, you know, scheduling an estimate or scheduling a job or doing anything, I just like document. If you're still out in the field, you are in prime position to create some really killer production training systems because you're doing it. You're doing it right now. You don't even hardly have to set aside the time to create your systems. You can literally just like put a tripod up, mic yourself up, or not even mic yourself up, just get like a little directional microphone or whatever, 
and just put a tripod up with your with your phone and just be like, while you're actually at a customer's home, all right, this is how I'm gonna go ahead and attack this and watch this. Because the hard part is when you train those new people, you get those new people onto your team, it's not gonna be convenient for you to take them out to every single storm job window and you know, vinyl and stucco and brick and as you know, asbestos roofs and like you're not gonna ever have that opportunity to really train them on the full breadth of what you do in one week. It's impossible, which is why a lot of window cleaners and brush washers are like, yeah, it takes me six months to get a guy trained because that's about how long it takes for us to get to all those types of jobs. But if you document the process, and document those videos, then you watch every single one of those little jobs, like right there. Then you have them like a Google Drive, and then when they're at that new type of a job, and they're like, boss, I don't know, this is a totally new thing I've never cleaned before. Hey, open up your Google Drive on your phone. I recorded a little video in there on this very subject. And they're like, ooh, nice. Yeah, so just, just production systems, anything that has to do with how to do the thing, that's where I recommend most people start because you gotta nail it before you scale it. And that's the big part. So production, I love it. After production, where else would you go to kind of help start to systematize your business? Yeah. Because you're making money now, mm -hmm. and you've got everybody trained, and then where do you kind of focus next? So typically, a uh, uh, path from zero to a million. I'll give you the really short, condensed version. It usually starts out with you and the, the truck or the van, and you're doing all the work. You hire a couple assistants that will eventually become lead technicians, and they you, you teach them how to do everything, talk to the customers, all that stuff. Eventually, you have to get off the truck. You have to. Really scary, terrifying, but you have to do it. If you want your business to ever grow, it's a requirement. Everyone's done it that has a, a business they've got now. Then, now you're the person wearing the admin hat, you're answering on the phones, you're scheduling jobs, you're doing sales, you're doing marketing, a lot of things. Usually the next thing to delegate at that point is the phones, is the scheduling, is the payroll, is the receipts, is the, the bookkeeping side of things. Like, th that's usually the next thing to delegate because it's relatively simple to delegate those things and those are the systems to work on that. <laughs> then, now you have an office person answer the phones, you're still selling, crushing, marketing them like crazy. The next thing you can delegate is you kind of reach a bottleneck where now you're the one that's solely responsible in your company to sell all these jobs. It's terrifying. Then the next phase is to hire salespeople that can now go out and sell just like you go out and sell. You can commission them, which is what we did, 15% commission for all of our salespeople. We had six salespeople plus a director of commercial sales are responsible for a million dollars a year in annual sales with commercial properties. And like then it's the sales side. So that's kind of the path. You know, the way that you kind of know like what systems to work on next, start with your production ones so you can get off the truck. Start with your admin ones so you can get out of the office. Start with your sales ones so you can get out of the sales. Then you work on the marketing, then at some point you delegate all your marketing stuff off and then you can sit back and you can truly own it as an asset, which is what a business can be. It's epic. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> um, for repeatable tasks, uh, the things, especially in the admin, because that's kind of where I live and breathe too, for repeatable tasks, how can you add accountability in so that you make sure those folks are doing the task and that system is actually working? Because as a lot of us squirrel entrepreneurs can be, we build it and then we just assume that it's gonna go forever and we just go on to the next thing, right? How can we add some accountability there? Per excellent question. So um, inspect what you expect. Um, 
what happens is people do delegation by application. I hate answering the phones, it's the worst ever. And so rather than like hiring a professional company, they go out and they just get like anyone that, hey, can you, you know how to talk to customers? You can, you can do that? Here's the phone. Don't call me ever again. And then before you know it, like you hear, you come into the office and your office person's like, well, screw you too. And you're like, no, no, what are you doing? Delegation by application can be really terrifying. So there's three steps to training. Tell, show, watch. So really easy to tell people what to do. Hey, this is what you gotta do. And a little harder to show people what to do. Now watch me, I wanna show you how to do it. And the third part is like, now I'm gonna watch you to make sure that you got this. That's where most entrepreneurs, including myself for a very long time, fail. So that watch part, you can watch by literally sitting there, watching them, like, yeah, that's an excellent job. Don't go say that. Yeah, that was good. No, that was bad. You can literally just like watch. And this, the second side of that coin on the watch part is having KPIs, key performance indicators. So like you can pull metrics out of your phone system that says how many missed calls they have and how long they're spending on the phones and what their conversion rates are. Like you can pull all this data from different places and you can start watching what's happening and it makes you feel a little more comfortable because you have a pulse on it, but you're not micromanaging. And those, then you can look at those reports on a once a week basis. And you're kind of like keeping an eye on making sure this stuff is there. And as an executive, that's what you want. You ever heard of the executive report? It's for a reason. I like it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Does anybody have a systems question for Brandon? Yeah, please. Um, sorry, it doesn't have to do with marketing per se, but how do you hire out something for marketing, like someone to handle all that. Okay. Um, well, you can go down into the trade show booth and you can talk to a bunch of different amazing vendors down there. Um, uh, Click Call Sell, shameless plug for him, uh, who's running my marketing right now for Wise Coatings and doing an excellent job, runs all our Google ads. He was a, uh, a director of Neighborly, which is a multi-billion dollar franchise company, and he decided to go out and do marketing. So. He does a really great job. And they handle everything, such as Facebook. So, like, let's say you have multiple avenues of marketing, say Facebook, home advisors. He does a lot of them, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That type of company, would you would have hired them. Yeah. Uh, most of it. Most of it, yeah. Things, I don't know any marketing company that's going to handle like your home advisor leads and things like that because the ROI probably wouldn't be there because home advisor is expensive anyways. Um, but, Yes, you know, you're always going to pay a little bit of a premium with the marketing company, but usually a good marketing company more than makes up for that little management fee that you pay. You know, rather than you spending 10 hours a week managing and watching stuff. Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead and choose one, please. <laughs> um, in reference to your video training that you're doing right now, what's your expected time of, of completion there from start to finish in days or hours? Okay, that's a great question. So, um, have you ever heard the Abraham Lincoln quote? If I had, you guys remember the quote? Six hours to cut down a tree, I'd yeah. spend five sharpening my ax. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's it? Yeah. Um, he was accused of being two-faced. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about sharpening the ax. So if I, had, if I had six hours to sharpen, or to cut down a tree, I'd spend five hours sharpening my ax. So like that, five hours of sharpening the ax, before I even began training, I sat down and wrote out a huge 
Google Doc outline brain dumping. Everything in my head about what we need to do, like how they talk to customers, what they say when they first do it, what the initial walkthrough looks like, uh, making sure they go put the yard sign out, they knock on the neighbor's doors, they leave the check out flyers, they take the before picture before they actually begin the work. Ah, don't you hate it when they forget to do that? So like, I made out that huge Google Doc outline, and then I turned it into a Google Sheet that had like all of my module names, and then like raw video recorded, yeah, right? Video edited, uploaded to Google Drive, like a little you know progress chart, you know really nerdy project management type thing. So I spent all that time front end loading it. So then we recorded all the videos in a day because I just hired a videographer to come out for sixteen hundred bucks for one day, and we just recorded everything. And now I own all that footage, and we can repurpose it for all kinds of awesome videos. But then now I have all of that content, and now I can just edit into those little modules with a you know video editor from the Philippines or wherever, and then you can like get those into your training videos. So five hours sharpening the axe, and then it's like, whoosh, you just get it all done in one shot. That's beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you keep mentioning you hire people from the Philippines. How do you figure that? <laughs> <laughs> How? How? Like you, you're like, oh, I hired this guy over the Philippines to do great work. Like, <laughs> so um, we live in an amazing time. It's a global economy right now. Um, over in the Philippines, uh, what's it called? Oh. Over in the Philippines, yes. Over, over, over in the Philippines, um, the cost of living is drastically different here. Like someone that is making $5 an hour there is has a better job than working at a bank, a nice bank, and they have a nice car. Like $5 an hour is like middle income living there. You pay someone like eight bucks an hour, it's like high-end living over there. Like they literally own a nice house and they're buying MacBooks and they're like, like it's crazy. I don't know how it works, honestly, as far as like the economy difference goes. Um, but you, there's lots of places you can go. Upwork.com is a place where you can go and you can find virtual assistants to help you out with stuff like that, manage your social media. Onlinejobs.ph is one that I commonly use. Um, and they, they're, they're just, they're an amazing team member that legitimately become a part of your company. And you're able to really bless their lives a tremendous amount um, because like, it's like the epic, most awesome job ever for them to be able to have to work for an American company. And uh, you can get a lot of really great value out from that too. Is there a way to like, how do you, how do you know you're not getting like- You, you interview them just like you would uh, anybody else. It's like, how do you know if the technician's gonna be good or not? You ask them lots of questions, you check their references, you look at their work. You know, it's just it's the exact same steps. For we use the same accountability measures, and mm -hmm. I use paper performance with mine. And I mean, it's just an extended and full. That's a great segue to people. I'm going to hand you the microphone. <laughs> super, super quick question on that. Do you feel bad for only paying them like $8 an hour? No, 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 no. No, because that's because they're because that's their like that's what their life. It's, it's the equivalent of paying someone eighty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So I don't feel bad paying my people eighty thousand dollars a year. Same quality of life for them. Yeah. Okay. So this morning, someone came in our booth and was asking me about um, transparency with your staff regarding finances. And this person was saying, "Well, they're just going to think I don't pay them enough, and so forth." And 
we talked about that, and in my opinion, they weren't paying themselves enough, and they and they're interested in are they or aren't they? And I'm in maid service, so I don't really, you know, I couldn't answer that for them. So I said, I will ask Brandon on the stage. Um, so first off, on financial transparency with your staff, with my field staff, I do talk percentages. I don't talk actual numbers. And um, I learned that from a book called Culture Works and they have a really great $100 exercise in there that I use. Brandon, um, financial transparency with your staff. How open are you with field staff? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm very, very open. I don't hide prices of jobs with anybody because I think that's terrible business. They're gonna find out anyways. And then when they find out, they're gonna, even if they know or they don't know, they're always gonna assume that you're ranking in the bill, always, no matter what. So I don't share with them my actual P&L. Like I'm not running a report in QuickBooks and like printing it out and like passing it on there. My salary right there, so you guys know it's right, right there. Like I don't do that. But what I do is I have an example profit and loss that's based on an exterior cleaning company that has $500,000 a year in revenue. And it lists out every single expense category from my profit and loss and has the dollar amounts and the percentages that are allocated to that. And I, I can't tell you how amazing those conversations are with my technicians. Because I'm like, guys, gals, I'm gonna teach you how to read a document that is universally used in every business in the world. You can go to a zipper factory in China and you can find out how profitable and how healthy their company is. Wow. Right, start with why, get them excited about that. Like, oh my gosh, wow, I've never ever seen a PL before. This is crazy. So you're educating them, they already love you for that. And the second part of it is you start going through and you start showing percentages. You know, hey, see this line item right here? Technician pay. Here's how much auto and gas, uh, materials and supplies and expenses. Marketing, marketing expense. We go one item at a time all the way down. And a couple amazing things happen. You can then start saying things like, you know, guys, if, if we just did those checking out flyers and those yard signs, because you're there and you went and knocked on the neighbor's doors and let them know that you're gonna be working next door, like, we, I could lower my marketing spend down and we could have more allocated for performance bonuses. I'm not greedy. I mean, like, you know, and, and I'm like, where does the owner get paid this? And my salary on, on the example P&L was 4,000 bucks a month, which was my actual salary in my company. The net profit, I'm like, this is how the owner gets paid. If there's no net profit, I don't take a dime. More than that, I thought that's it. So that net profit, I'm like, does that all go to me? And they're like, yeah, that all goes to you. I'm like, no. What's not on the profit loss is all of your trucks and the skids and the pressure washers and all your assets. Those are on the balance sheet. Those aren't even on the profit loss. And they're like, it just, it's like mind blowing to understand just how much it costs to run a business. And then when you have conversations with your technicians and they're like, boss, I want to raise. Awesome. I want to give you a raise too. Hey, let's take a look at our P&L. <clears throat> so right here, this little line item, 30% is the maximum I can pay. 30%, this is what we have budgeted, right? Now, your revenue per hour, I'm paying you, you know, $15 an hour, let's say $15 an hour, let's divide that by 30%, okay, divide that up. Okay, so your rev hour, at a minimum, 
has to end up being like at least $45, $50 a man hour. Right now you're, you're short on that. So I tell you what, why don't we go for the next month, you get that red hour number up, and then we'll come back, we'll take a look at how that number looks, your red hour, we'll see that improvement, give you that raise. And they're like, deal, sounds good. And then you're really transparent. So if you link, if you link all of your technician's goals to understanding what the business owner goals are and how it actually truly genuinely benefits them if you're a benevolent leader and you're someone that actually truly wants to reinvest back in your people, which I know everyone in this room does, and you get them to understand that, then you can afford to pay them more and get more profitable. Now they're aligned with your goals and you wanna see fire happen in your business. It's when you mesh those two things together, you're like an unstoppable force, it's crazy. That was great. And you got a percentage in there, so uh, the talked about the 30%, so we don't have to go over that, unless that was not your number. Well, I mean, it was an example number. Right. I mean, you know, window cleaning margins are different than a pressure washing business, right? Like, window cleaners, your percentage for labor is quite a bit different than, than soft washing. Like, we did, we did $800 to $1,000 a day for our window cleaning vans. We had 13 of them. We did uh, $1,600 to $2,000 a day soft washing, right? We had like eight or nine of those. So those, those are, are different. So like, the margin is different. Higher chemical costs, more expensive skids. Squeegee rubbers and soaps, right? So it's just, it's different. So even our percentages of what we pay different divisions were different. Window cleaners got paid a different percentage than you know, our soft washing division. So budget, that's the other thing. Right, I was gonna say, and if you're not sure what your number is, you can hire an accountant to help you. Yes. <laughs> you can learn about that. Um, but I do wanna say that, uh, so the, the question was, well, how can I share that and them not thinking I'm ripping them off? And Brandon answered that beautifully. But I want to add that when you all do an exercise like he was talking about, the trust level mm -hmm. in your culture really starts to elevate. And it you don't have so much of a us versus them mentality um, but you do have to have the right people in the seats you know if you have the entitled everything is owed to me person then I, you know you can educate and educate but you're probably not going to change their mind so hopefully I don't see who it was but hopefully we answered your question and uh, really great question any people questions culture yes um, what's, what do you feel is the hardest hire for you, the position sales, um, technician, and where are you looking to find them? Are you poaching, um, social media, <laughs> I'm always poaching, my head on to it. There's actually a little bit of truth to that. But uh, I'd say that the hardest position for, for me was, uh, was the sales. That was a hard position. Um, it took three hires for me to get a good salesperson. And the reason why is when you hire a good salesperson, they're not just a lead runner for you. That's, that's terrible. To have someone just comes in and like, here's a lead, and then they go out and they like close lead, and they come back and they're like, oh, I'll give me more leads. Ah, oh, leads are slow right now. It's like, dude, go out and sell. So getting that person that's motivated, and I will say it's not just a person, it's also in how you train them and set that expectation from the beginning. 
So on my interviews that I did with my salespeople, we went out and knocked on doors, neighbors, like like people we didn't know, strangers. I had them knock. So uh, that's really telling too. If you see someone like beads of sweat dripping down their face, like, oh my God. One guy was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's not for me. That's like, man, I saved a lot of time right there, not hiring that guy. So. Our requirement for salespeople was when we give you a lead, you go out there and you knock on every door and you come back with an extra estimate. That's the only reason why it's worth it to go out and do in-person quotes is go knock, knock on the neighbor's door. Hi, my name is Brandon Alkley. We're just over at Mrs. Smith's house. I just wanted to let you know we're going to be working next door and you're going to smell a lot of weird smells while we're working next door. But I just want to reassure you that everything is biodegradable. In fact, we're going to be treating and killing all the mosses from there. She smells some dead algae smell, maybe a little bit of a swimming pool smell, but all of our products are salt-based. The bio is great back in salt and water. Super, super eco-friendly. By the way, if you would also like to be interested in getting scheduled at the same time, I can save you money because we're going to be here anyways. And like, you should be knocking on the door telling people that. Your salespeople should absolutely be doing that. So when they give an estimate, I'm knocking on this neighbor's door, that neighbor's across the street. And every single estimate. So it's hard to find people that are willing to do that. But when I started finding them and started to realize how to look for them, and by the way, I found one of my best sales guys I found from my local chamber of commerce. He was a cell phone salesman at the time. And I invited him out to coffee. And I was like, dude, do you really want to be selling cell phones for the rest of your life? And they're like, cell phones? I'm like, what if you can actually you know, grow with us, make a really big difference in the community? And he was one of the individuals that was an ambassador for our Chamber of Commerce, so he wore the red jacket, and he was like the MC at all the events. So when he switched over to being that guy, he was like, hi, I'm John Isel with All Clean Soft Wash. And like, all of a sudden, like, people were like, oh, now we wanna get our houses clean. So you can go find salespeople that already have a foothold in different markets, including property management. Go find people that have already done sales and property management, they already have a Rolodex. Have them come sell for you. Sell the vision. Sell the vision, that's your goal as CEO. If you can't sell your own company to somebody, you have a really hard time attracting people to come join their team. So, sell it. I got a little riled up there, sorry. This is like the only thing I've ever popping out my nose? No, no, no. Go find it. Also, well, at this point, we take time during the show to go ahead and have some homework and accountability assigned. So everyone should have a sheet either on your chair, near your chair. Um, this sheet is a accountability sheet. It allows you to select three goals that you're going to focus on for this next week. Actually, Brandon has one right here, so it's a little pink fight club sheet. Yes, it's pink. You push the pink. It's fun. Um, so what you'll do is as we go through homework this afternoon, I want you guys to pick one that speaks to you. One that really is an area you need to focus on to fight for your business this week. And then take that step and break it down further. In the columns next to it, you break it down into more simplistic ways that you're going to achieve that goal, whether it's in marketing, finance, systems, or people and execute on it and then we would love to have you join our Facebook group and be able to show us your execution, show us what you did and let us know how that accountability went. So marketing wise, Brandon talked a lot about 
knowing what that budget is for marketing in a sense, knowing how much you're spending and what that return is on that investment. So for, I'm gonna make it pretty simple. If you don't know how much you're spending a day on your marketing, I wanna find out what that number is. Find out what that number each day is you're putting out in marketing, and then from there, what that return on that daily investment really is for your business. Okay, and uh, Brandon, we're gonna come back to you at the end. So if you'd like to assign homework, you can. It's totally optional. Uh, but we're gonna remind you all, you're just doing one. You should not and cannot do all five. Okay, or four, no pressure. But just do one and move your needle forward. And that's the goal of the podcast is every week, if you do one homework assignment, you are gonna make a difference. You are going to move forward. You are going to get better and it gets more fun. Okay, so for finance homework, unfortunately it's kind of a big one, but you need a budget. Like, you really need to go home and do a budget. And it's not gonna be fun and it's not gonna be sexy, but I like to call it a budget party. And if you drink, you can like have beer or wine at your budget party, right? Like, you can invite a friend over and be like, dude, we're gonna do a budget tonight. And if you sell it, like, it's gonna be fun. And I'm gonna have beer. And I just gotta be nice yeah. by having Tomorrow, it done. You can do that. If you need a shortcut, uh, Blue Skies Admin Services has budget templates for every industry, which is kind of awesome. Guys. You just plug and play your uh, ideal sales number and his percentages, and that's kind of a oh, yeah, right? You're gonna yeah, have to customize a little bit. I, I do it for other shipments right now, but I'm not with you. It's it is, yeah. 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 So, we have our financial ninja workshop. We have so, a budget template. It's a budget template, and it's a whole workshop with Brandon and Karen, I think. Or just you? I don't know. Yeah, me. Okay. Just you. Yeah, just, <laughs> just you. Me. Yeah, so, Brandon, Brandon, you can invite Brandon to your budget party, guys. You can, like, invite him and have him on the screen and do a budget together. So, that is your financial work this week, is you got to do a budget. You can't just keep guessing. You can't keep your head in the sand. You can't keep throwing darts at the dartboard or throwing money at Google Ads. You need to give your money a job. And a budget does it. Automate, grow, sell? Yeah, automate, grow, sell, S-E-L-L.com. And right on the, the home page, there's a little thing there. It's just 47 bucks. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's like an hour worth of content that goes through, explains exactly understanding your P&L, and has a full done-for-you budget for the exterior cleaning industry. Like all the target percentages, and you can go and customize it and build it all up. It's, uh, walk along on how to, how to put it together. Sounds like the best story for Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then for your systems homework, I was sharing with you yesterday, actually, I don't like creating videos. Mm -hmm. It scares me. And personally, I don't really enjoy it. So build a system in which you can create some video content in one day. I love that idea. Batching. Breaking it down, batch it, batch it out. So I want everybody to do that because the video content on your business is really so important. It becomes more important every day. So build a system for videos. Okay, and people homework. So I want you to kind of do a litmus test on the level of trust in your company. And that's a hard one to measure, but you know in your heart if it's a culture of tension and toxicity, or you know if you have a culture where you have each other's back and you're a team. So if you don't have trust in your company, then you have to figure out what are you hiding to, from them or what do they think you're hiding from them 
And finances is a good place to start. Brandon gave you an example of how you can share it. Um, that Culture Works book has a good example as well. So it's a place to start. And then Brandon, if you, oh, you have your own mic. Just execute on any one of those things. Like, just anything. If something resounded with you, the number one thing that I would see when I'd come home from convention with this, I'm really highly ADD, if you guys can't tell by the fact that it's really hard for me to stop talking. But uh, staying locked in and focused and just getting something executed on. Like, just get it done. So you're gonna go home with a binder full of like, oh, so excited about you doing all these things. But just pick one single thing do absolutely nothing else. People say they're multitaskers. You are not. You're not wired for it. No human is. Just do one single thing before you move on to the next thing. So that's my, my homework is just do it. Just get it done. Do it. <laughs> one second. We'll, we'll get the questions. We're going to get to this last little bit, and then we'll understand the questions. Awesome. So we mentioned every Tuesday we do meet on Facebook Live, and we also have a podcast that gets released the following Monday. If you scan this QR code, it'll give you the options to subscribe to the podcast and join the Facebook accountability groups as well. That's, again, where we can talk to you, interact with you, and be able to help you achieve those goals that you're holding yourself accountable to. That's your homework before you leave the room, right? You know, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you're getting this content because it's pretty fun and epic, right? Um, and then, uh, like, extra credit or bonus, we have a retreat coming up in October. And so we, the four Fight Club ladies, we sit down with about 20 business owners a year, and we help them implement eight systems in their company related to these four areas of business. And our retreat's coming up on October 6th. And it's going to be in Virginia. We're going to Michelle's home country there. We've got some fun things planned, including a derby. So if that's something that interests you, there's more information on the screen. And no, you do not have to be a female. I, I, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of men join us for the retreat. So, yeah. And um, across industries. So that's kind of fun. You just learn from maybe the pest control guy with the door knocking. Or maybe uh, a floor coding person, right? Okay. And so I'm going to pass to Michelle. We always do a quote of the week. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for business.